All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the NP Students Podcast. We just kicked off uh, a couple-week conversation this past week on fear, which feels very appropriate given both the fact that uh, we're nearing up on Halloween here and because uh, of the world and, we're culture, and culture that we're living in um, just seems to be a little bit more fearful than maybe, you know, 365 days ago uh, at this time. And so we spoke right into that and, and we kicked off uh, this past week talking about the fact that um, while the world might seem angry, it really does seem like it's actually fear uh, that is underneath that. But the reality is that fear isn't the same uh, for everyone. And so some people might even think, oh, I'm not afraid or I'm not afraid of this season or I'm not concerned or whatever it might be. But I, I think it's important important to know, like, we're all afraid of something. We all have a core fear. Um, and we happened to use the tool of the Enneagram this past week. And uh, we're going to use that for this podcast here today. Now you could use any number of personality tools or whatever you would choose to get to know yourself better. It just kind of gives us a helpful grid um, to talk about because um, in, in the Enneagram, you see nine different core fears and you might feel one of those or a couple of those, etc. cetera. Um, and then we talked about like, what do, what do we do in light of that? Like if we all do have core fears and they come up at different times, like what do we do in light of that. So we talked about 1 John 4, uh, where John says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And we talked about how fear and love really can't exist in the same place in the same time. And we want to expand upon that here today to say, like, what does that really mean? Because it doesn't mean just try harder. It doesn't mean just like, don't think about fear. Um, but it really means to, to replace it with something else. And to do that, you have to know yourself well. And so uh, we're going to jump into all of those here today. We had a, a short conversation on the nine uh, personality types. And today, we're going to have a much longer one. And, and hopefully, it's helpful to you guys. And we have a couple of first time guests here on the podcast today to do that. We have Alex and Shelby here with us. So uh, welcome guys to, to the podcast and Matt, who's been hey, on a whole bunch of <laughs> So thanks for showing up as well, Matt. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> so uh, real quick before we jump into those, what's cool is we have four different, almost half the Enneagrams uh, represented right here. But before we get into our individual ones, I'd love if you guys just shared how you got to be to North Point, because really, it hasn't been that long in the grand scheme of things. Um, so maybe, Alex, starting with you, just had a birthday a week ago, okay. so have, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy Got birthday. us all Starbucks <laughs> with your Starbucks gift cards from birthdays, so we're all benefiting. But um, So I didn't really grow up um, like in a church. I went to like little vacation Bible schools and stuff when I was younger, and my preschool was like Christian, but I just, I mean, I knew who God was, but I didn't really know, I couldn't tell you any, like, Gospels or anything, and um, my freshman year, I had a group of friends that were coming to Inside Out, and I just remember being so curious, like, where are y'all going, what are you doing, like, this sounds great, like, pictures are so cool, like, you know, and I don't even think they invited me, I think I just went along with it and was like, oh yeah, like, I'll come with you guys. Um, that was in 2018, I think, so almost two years ago, and yeah, I just fell in love with Inside Out and the idea of a God and just getting to know about him. I'm a very curious person, so just like learning more and more every week about him was something that I just grew to love, and then I went to my life. I have an amazing small group, um, and then wasn't supposed to go to boot camp because of a family trip that ended up getting canceled like a week before the registration closed. And so that was kind of just a sign that it was totally meant to be. Went to boot camp, Camp 75, and just loved every second of it. Of it. it was completely life-changing. 
and here I am. Mm-hmm. It, it is a little weird how many stories I hear of like I wasn't supposed to be at boot camp. Mm-hmm. Like how many start off that way? I feel like, like there's been 300. I got a family trip canceled. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I went to boot camp and yeah. it was life changing. I tell athletes all the time, like, you know, it's probably the wrong approach to take. But like, <laughs> just watch out if you like cancel for, you know, a, yeah. a tournament or something. Because I've seen so many like broken bones. So many like yeah. I tore something right before. Now I can't play. So I'm just going to go to boot camp. And I'm yeah. like, you might as well just sign up for boot camp. And <laughs> Because you're going to so get you there don't regardless. have the injury, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. And I know uh, Shelby, for you, it was it was pretty similar in terms of not growing up mm-hmm. uh, in a church context either. So if you want to share your version of that, yeah, um, I grew up where both my parents like they were forced to go to church when I was younger. So I wasn't really like forced to go because they didn't want me to like think of religion or God in that way. And so this made the rest of my family mad because they were all super religious. But I'm really glad that they did that because I wouldn't be here today. But um, I was always like really curious of the fact of like who God was or like, you know, I felt like I was kind of like missing out on the whole Sunday school thing. But I realized that like, everything changed whenever I was like eight years old and my older brother had passed away due to a drug overdose. So in that moment I was like so far from like God being in the picture of my life and I was so just not involved with him at all and I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And so that's kind of how I spent like my life thinking and like it was very it was very negative and it was very much like that whole time like I was always really shy or it was hard for me to make friends or I would make friends and then it would just like not be great they wouldn't be great or like healthy friendships and so I um, got to high school and that was really scary for me and I had met my good friend Faith Leach in my sophomore year history class and uh, we got to talking a little bit about our lives and like what we thought about everything and she was like well you're going to be forced to go to boot camp. And I was like, no. And then she was like, yeah. So the night, like days after uh, registration, like it was already up. Like I was so just like not going to go. And she called me at like 1130 at night. And she's like, oh, you're going. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going. And I went and it was like such an incredible experience. And like that third night of boot camp was when I fully like felt God in my life for the first time ever and that was like a moment that I just absolutely fell in love with and wanted to continue doing and from there it just completely changed my life I got so much more heavily involved in the church and just surrounded myself with all these new people I got to meet so many new people and that's how I'm here today (laughs) yeah I just I mean I uh sometimes I wish I had I could change my story up but my story is my story and so you know I've just shared it so many times from stage and it's always pretty much the same but you know my core passion lies you know exactly in in what you guys just shared you know same experience of not growing up in church and and I had some bad church experiences etc um but that's like that's why we created this place that's why we have conversations like this on this podcast Mm -hmm. that's why we haven't set out in transit um it's because you know we want to create a place where you can belong before you believe 
we mm-hmm. want to create churches that on church people love to attend. And so um, I just love that. I love for anybody to tuning in like this is this is meant for everybody, whether you'd say you're, you know, a follower of Christ or you're not sure yet, you're trying to figure that out or you're against it, but you have a friend or whatever it might be. Um, you know, our, our hope is that these uh, these conversations are just helpful wherever you're at. So thank you guys for sharing that. And thank you guys for hopping on today. Mm-hmm. Um, and your Enneagram numbers are if you want to share with the group. I'm a six. I'm a two. I'm an eight. And I am a three. Mm-hmm. Wing two, I guess. You know, the, the wings are confusing. Also, this is a good clarification point for people. Your wing can only be the, the number t- on either side of you. You know, yeah. so yeah, I'm just trying to save you. If you go talk to a friend about what the Enneagram is and you're like, I'm a one wing seven. You're I'm like, an eight wing four. Yeah, exactly. You're like, come on. Yeah. That's, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Liar. I'm like, I just, I just want to like, you know, help you out. And, you know, if you're going to go public with that. But anyways, um, <laughs> It's, it's good to know. What, what we're going to do, so uh, in the message this past week, I just spent, you know, a couple minutes, probably not, you know, as efficiently as I maybe I'd intended to, but mm-hmm. uh, just a couple minutes on, on each of these types and what the core fear is uh, for each. And, you know, now because we kind of have this, you know, free, freedom kind of the, you know, not... Um, you know, tie down to a specific uh, length of time here. Just want to dive into each of them and talk about like one, what the core fears are, and then also what it is that we can actually do about that once we know what our core fear is. But um, I think, you know, it's just, it's a starting point. It's just getting to know yourself well to say like, okay, I'm going to be triggered by these situations or these circumstances, et cetera, um, because of my core fear. And um, the very first one on there, the first type one, which we don't have represented around the table, although I believe that uh, Carson is, who was mm-hmm. on our last podcast. I yeah. think she, she is a, a one. Um, the, the type one core fear is basically imperfection. So it's, it's messing up, uh, being corrupt, being bad, being, you know, something's wrong with you. Like something's fundamentally broke with you. Something's weird about you. You know, that's like the core fear um, of a one. And uh, on this uh, resource here, it says the why you fear is that somewhere along the way, you picked up the message that you must be better than you are. You're an idealist at heart, so you believe that anything that's flawed can and should be fixed, including you. So that's the type one uh, core fear. And we're going to kind of go back through all of these and talk Mm -hmm. about like, what does it look like in terms of inviting God in? Or what does it look like to take a step um, with each of these? But the other interesting thing about the Enneagram is you're not like 100% one type and zero any of the others, right? So there's going to be elements of these that like we all relate with. And I think the idea of being a perfectionist is probably something that a lot of people can connect with, even if it's not your core or your prime. um, That idea of like something about my life is imperfect. And I'm afraid, you know, people are going to criticize me for that or see that in me, etc. Um, I think would be like a very common, you know, fear. Um, the second then is the helper. And we do have a type two here at the table in, <laughs> yeah, in Shelby. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk about what your, uh, your core fear is as an Enneagram two? Yeah. So, um, basically as a two, you are like afraid of being like, rejected or being alone in a situation um and like friendships or family or school or just like not really being good enough I guess to meet somebody's expectations um scared of being by yourself you know stuff like that 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's interesting how the fears are so tied to the desires as well. Like mm -hmm. you desire to help, right. you know, to be helpful to others, to add value to other people's life. And so if you feel like you can't do that, so you it's feel terrifying. like, you know, people don't want your help, your yeah. free services, you know, if you're like, Hey, you don't want me around, you know, you don't want to be friends with me. You know, I can't add value to you. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, well, I, what else is my purpose? Like what else is my point? Yeah. Right. That's mm -hmm. why it's so you know deeply tied to who we are. Um, so that is a two. Um, and it seems like it, it, I'll talk about this actually when we get to the six, but it seems like twos are very like highly represented one in church world sometimes. Yeah. And I, there might be some reasons for that. Um, but I'll talk more about that in a couple of seconds. Yeah. The uh, three is the achiever. Um, and I am a three. And so basically what we fear is failure. Uh, we fear um, basically people finding out we're not all that we present ourselves to be, right? Because a three is a, an achiever, a performer, which means like I want to have an image that says like, oh, you know, I work really hard. Or I do really good or I accomplish, you know, whatever I set out to do. Um, but then we have this fear that we're really not that. That's actually like why we work hard is because we're like, oh, I messed up. I don't want anybody to know that. And so I'm going to like work really hard so people think differently and have this good image of me. So kind of the big fear is, well, now I fail and everybody sees who I really am. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a really, a really tough battle as a three because um, we think, man, the failure is who I am not like a deviation of who I am. So this is, you know, one thing I've even worked through in counseling and stuff is like, okay, if I fail, that's not a representation of who I am. That's actually a deviation from who I am. But I see it as the opposite. Mm -hmm. I see it as like any of the good stuff, that's just fake. I'm just coasting, I'm faking it. Um, but man, when I make a mistake, when I fail, now people have like really seen me. And if they do, well, now they're, you know, not gonna wanna be friends. Now they're not gonna want me in their life because they're like, the only value I add was when I was performing well. And I think that's super interesting too. Like the fear part of a three is is all about identity based. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us around the table and everybody listening is like, nobody wants to fear. Like, I think we all have like a little bit of a sense of the fear of failure, but when it comes to you, your fear of failure comes from a place of identity. Yeah. Um, and not just more or less of, uh, it is performance too, but like, I think for all of us, our fear of failure is more just like performance, but we shake it off and we go again. Yeah. And for you, it's more identity based, um, yeah. which is interesting. I think it's great. I think that, you know, why it's called a core fear is really helpful. I mean, the same thing we were talking about being a helper. Well, if I can't help, then what do I, yeah. you know, I'm like, well, if I can't perform, or I didn't perform well, like, well, what else, why else am I here? Right. right? You know? So I love that these are all really tied to our identity. And that's a great point. Um, fours, um, which, uh, our guest services director and set out is a four. Um, but a, a four is the individualist and a four basically, uh, fears like not being unique, not bringing something to the table, right? Your, your underlying fear is being abandoned. Um, uh, and, by God and others, because you really are too much. You fear being misunderstood, dismissed, and stereotyped deep down. You want to be understood and loved for the individual you are. Um, there's kind of a disproportionate amount of fours that are like creative types, yeah. etc. cetera. Um, they really like stand out. They want to be known for like kind of making a difference or doing something um, different, unique, etc. And so kind of like fitting into the crowd, etc. just kind of blending in, being like unnoticed um, is a really big fear uh, of a four. The five, it's called the investigator. 
in the type five fear, it says your underlying fear is that you won't be able to function successfully in the world. You're, you fear being helpless and capable, not having all the information and feeling out of control of your circumstances. Deep, deep down, you want to be capable and competent. So there's a lot of fives that are like really smart. They're really well read. Um, a lot of fives great with like math, a lot of five accountants mm-hmm. in the world. That I'm kind not of a stuff. five. <laughs> you are a, a smart man. <laughs> you, are, you are a street smart man. <laughs> um that is uh that's the five and then the six which we do have a six here at the table is the loyalist um do you want to summarize a little bit of what the core fear of a six is alex so for a six it's kind of just like the fear of fear and just kind of picture imagine the worst and like the worst that could happen in any situation and yeah pretty much i mean i think that's you're just scared of everything almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, uh, I think I, I know uh, maybe a little bit more about a six than, than a lot of them went on there because I'm married to a six. Emily is a six. And, um, and she talks about, you know, that exact same thing, like the fear of fear to like to be in a state where you are afraid, um, like safety and security are really big, like losing safety and security, um, you know, so that kind of, um, uh, core is, is, is huge to a six, which is we're like an interesting pair as far as that goes. Cause like, it's almost like my imagination works to all the best case scenarios. Like I imagine all the ways I could achieve or all the things I should do better. Her imagination works like in the exact opposite direction. She's like incredibly creative in the way the world could end. You know what I mean? It's like, here's all the, <laughs> like, here's all the ways this could go wrong. Um, and so I think to a degree we really, you know, balance each other out well, but it's an interesting, um, an interesting pairing for sure. What I was going to say about the represented thing is there's not, like uh, hard research on this or anything to say that there is, but it's, it, it is said by a lot of people that do a lot of work with the Enneagram or the right books on the Enneagram that the six may be the most common type, which is interesting to me because it, it may just be that I haven't asked or don't know if, but in, in church world specifically, it seems that there's a lot of twos, a lot of threes. You have like a lot of helpers, a lot of achievers, etc. But, and I don't feel like I come across as quite as many sixes. But knowing Emily, what's interesting is like being being the loyalist, like I think it is a little bit easier to be skeptical about the world as a six. Like oh, you have to sure. guard that a little because you could see how all the things could go wrong, oh, yeah. you know. And so I think it's easy for a six to like walk into church and like think about all the reasons why you might be let down or why this, you know, person or this group or this pastor, you know, whatever um, is ultimately going to let you down at the end of the day because, you know, your, your mind or creativity kind of goes in that direction. So I just thought that was interesting yeah. to think um, even how we started this podcast, say like our vision is to create churches that unchurched people love to attend. That there might be a lot of sixes. You know, they're in that category that it's like, hey, how do we, you know, win your, win your trust and how do we meet sixes where they're at? So um, that's just an, an interesting, uh, that may be untrue. It's just an observation um, that I've had. Uh, a type seven, I, I think this is an interesting one in that I don't know if you can like go through like middle school and high school without resonating with the core fear of a seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we all have some seven in us or it's just something about that stage of life that brings it out in you. But basically a seven's core fear is missing out. You yep. know, it's um, and I think a lot of this like season has to be hard on a seven, you know, because they're typically very extroverted, like love being in crowds, love having fun. They're usually the life of the party. And so to have to be like isolated and away from people all the time to have like really cool big events can 
canceled. I mean, the season would be really, really hard on a seven. Um, I think there's something about middle school and high school, though, where, like, so much of your life is similar to the people around you, like, similar schedules, and, you know, you're doing similar stuff, and you're all, like, graded on the same scale. Once you get, like, out of college, like, people's lives go in all kinds of different directions, and I don't know if, like, fear of missing out is, is quite the same. Um, like, I remember when I was in high school, my first job was uh, at a gym, and I had, like, the Friday night shift because I was, like, the new guy, and missing football games mm. I was like sick to my stomach you know it was just this like all my friends are at the game they're all having an amazing time even though a lot of people go to football games do not have a great time they're like bored and everything but like yeah. you know to me I was just picturing people having the time of their life and I have to like be back here and I'm missing out it's terrible now like as I grow up I'm like my couch is great like you know like I, <laughs> I don't need to like be in like a huge you know crowd I love watching UT from my couch now you know all that kind of stuff but it, I think there's you, you, everybody has to go through a period where that fear of missing out um, feels very very strong and relevant um and then we do have an eight we do the challenger heck yeah so do you want to tell us what the type eight core fear is? yeah our core fear is being controlled or mm -hmm. having someone else lead us or you know having someone else control us in our lives um a lot of people it, it's a misconception about an eight like we're you know mean people or we don't smile a lot and some of that's true but <laughs> a little bit of that is just more or less of uh if something's going wrong in our in our own lives if we feel controlled in an area if we if we feel dominated in an area a lot of times we just kind of retreat from people um, we want to be our own thing we want to be independent we don't want to you know be dependent on people too much um, i like to think of it as like a puppeteer and a puppet we want to be the puppeteer um, we don't want to be the puppet we want to be the one controlling things we want to be one uh, in charge of all the things in our lives think of it too if you're a sports person like you want to be you know Bill Belichick you want to be Tom Brady you don't want to be an offensive lineman you want to be the one who is in control calling the plays doing everything you possibly can to uh, move your team down the field but yeah so that's like my core fear and eight's core fear is like having someone else like uh, we have to be dependent on someone else to move our lives forward mm. um, and so that's our core fear yeah, man, I should dive into your Enneagram a little bit more. I have probably uh, the potential to cause a lot of stress in your life. You <laughs> stress me out, <laughs> you know, and it's fine. Like, I love being on the other side of you. You, you just, I'm glad you realize that. <laughs> it's like, wow, I should like get a book on an eight or something. <laughs> Matt's, I'm shaving years off his life. Okay, that's good. Um, and then a nine is a peacemaker. So a nine's underlying fears is really the opposite of peace, more or less. You know, it's being, it's relational tension, unresolved conflict, um, loss, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, deep down, they really want to feel at peace and things that kind of disrupt peace um, cause a lot of tension and conflict and fear uh, for a nine. So any of those that you guys feel like you really resonated with um, that aren't your specific like core type when you think through some of those? So I know we have like a six, two, three, eight here, but did any of this come up for you? Um, like for me, the perfectionist one, it's like, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not, a, I'm not a one, but the perfectionist one's big or FOMO, you know, does any of those like come up for you guys as like having weight? Um, definitely for me, seven is a big one because as much as I love like, you know, I hate being alone, so I love being with people and being isolated. I was like, gosh, I, I hate this. I hate not being able to, like, you know, go out with my friends. And, like, you know, ACL just got canceled. Like, we can't go to ACL. Like, so much, like, no homecoming, no homecoming parade. Like, that's still going on today. And, like, that's so scary to think about that you're just like, wow, this year is so different from any other year that, like, you never realized how scary it is to miss out on opportunities that were just so normal. Yep, 100%. I was gonna say the same. Just like being so busy, like church and like um, 
work all the time, dance. Is, I find myself getting, like, not being able to go to things a lot of the time. Like, tonight there's a football game, but I have work. So it's, like, it's those moments where you're, like, oh, man, like, that really sucks. But it almost feels like to me that things getting canceled is starting to become more normal. Oh, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. all of our dance stuff was canceled, and, like, those are things we've been working towards for ever. Yeah, Forever. for the whole year. And, um, like, homecoming is just not the same, and, like, all these things. Don't like missing out on it but it almost feels so normal for something to get canceled yeah. mm -hmm. and it's so weird now because like you know I feel busier now with like online school and like work and church and like everything like that than I did like when I had all those opportunities and I actually went to school like mm -hmm. t from like what 7 to 4 p.m. or 3 45 and then I would like you know if I had church I would go I'd come here after school or like I just got a job so like now I go to my job but it's like I feel like now since the world is so crazy and like your fear of missing out is more towards like oh you already know this is going to get canceled and it's like everything that's outside of school right now feels more important than actual school. Mm -hmm. So yeah. your fear of missing out is, like, things are, are involved with school that are, like, your, like, bottom priority, which yeah. is so weird now. Yeah, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, are there things that are different today? Like, are there fears that you would say you had today that if we were doing this podcast a year ago, maybe it wouldn't have been relevant, or even if this was in January? You know, mm -hmm. are, there, are there new fears or fears that seem, like, bigger to you guys today than they did before the season? I can start. Yeah, I, th <laughs> I think for an <laughs> I think for an eight when it's like coming to right now, I, I don't have control. <laughs> like I don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold. I don't know what next week's gonna hold. Um, and there's nothing more that I would want right now than just to know what my life's gonna look like in the next three months. Mm. And I just don't know. Yeah. And that's that's the hardest thing. Uh, and I think it's it's an underlying fear. I don't think I show it a lot, but I I definitely feel stress and anxiety putting my head on my pillow at night mm -hmm. and not knowing like okay, you know, the state of our world, you know, the state of anger, the state of everything going on. Um, and I, I definitely feel that stress and uh, stress and anxiety, like, you know, the, the, the less I'm around people mm. um, and the more I'm just by myself, I'm like, man, I, I really don't have a lot of control in what's happening right now. And that's kind of like, you know, stressing me out. Yep. I think for me, I have, I've always been scared, of course, of like losing people or like being alone, like having a friendship, like break apart or like we get in a fight and it doesn't work anymore. Like that is like, so painful for me to go through because I it's like one of my biggest fears is like having someone that I love like not be in my life anymore and that is so crazy now because you know since we were isolated like I had all that time to think about myself which I never did and I like never got to see the people that I loved and so now even though like I was of course like afraid of like losing people I loved I'm so much more cautious of it now because everything is so uncertain like we like we genuinely we don't have control of what happens tomorrow or like you know I was in practice this morning and my coach was saying well you know like another football game got moved and I wish I could tell you guys like I know when the next game is but I genuinely don't and it's like that's how just that's just how we live now and like not knowing that like I could go to like the grocery store and get sick and then come home and get my family sick. Mm. That is absolutely terrifying to me. Mm. I absolutely hate that. Yeah. And so it's just like, I never would have thought of that a year ago, but now it's like all I think about. Sure. Sure. I'm the same. Like 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm the same way, just like you could go to sleep and wake up the next morning and the world could be shut down again. Mm. Like you just never know um, when someone's going to get COVID or, I mean, same thing with dance is stuff gets moved all the time. Stuff is canceled, things you've been working towards for so long, it's just gone. And I mean, there's 45 of us, 50 of us on a team. One of those girls is like, we're all living life and going, you have to go to the grocery store, you have to go to school. Like, you never know, it's not their fault, but somebody's gonna get it. And like, for two weeks, your life is just spent in your room. And that is so scary to me is that like, all these like, like everything could just like stop tomorrow. Mm -hmm. or you know, like you just never know what's going to happen, which is really scary. And I know you were talking about before we had started that you actually feel more of that now than when the world was kind of all in quarantine in March, April, that kind of time frame, right? You said it's increased for you a little. I mean, whenever I was quarantined, I, I felt great. I mean, I had like a routine, I'd work out, (laughs) I would read my Bible, have time with God three times a day. Like, it was great. I was living my best life, had no worries, no fears. I mean, I missed my friends and I missed my life and I missed the things that were canceled and all the big events that we obviously couldn't have had. But I never felt any anxiety or stress or like, okay, like I'm going to go out and this could happen or because everyone was on lockdown pretty much. Like, there was no way for someone to give me COVID or for me to get it to my family. Like, I was already stuck in my room, so I just felt so much more, like, secure. And I think for a six, that is you fear not being secure and safe. Mm -hmm. But in those months, I was the safest I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. And so now, not having that security all the time where you have these things that you have to go do and I'm very much a person I will overfill my plate until it is overflowing I am always busy and so yeah it's just I don't feel that security all the time as much as I did yeah no that makes a lot of sense and yeah I I feel similar to that Emily and I do both like you know we've talked about that even the the FOMO aspect I feel like was actually really low in that season because like nobody was doing fun stuff like nobody that was everything was canceled like you know there wasn't and now all of a sudden we're back into this world that world is kind of functioning and now there's all these things exactly what you guys have been talking about what the implications of and what do you have to quarantine what if you miss a big event like all that kind of stuff is is back and ramped again so yeah it's really interesting how this time hits you know different personalities um what I want to do for a second now is I want to go like home back through the nine uh, personality types and talk about, okay, specifically, what do you do about each of those? Because again, I think we have multiple of those fears in, in each of us. Um, what we talked about in, in part one and inside out was we talked about first um, John four and specifically what uh, I had read was um, John says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves have been born, has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And we talked about how important that is. Um, and it's, you know, kind of an interesting side point because of the fact that, like, we're in this fear message. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, what love is and why do we start with that. Um, but it said it's very important that love is not God, but that God is 
love. Meaning when love is God, just be nice to each other and love everybody. But we have like no definition for love. Well, that gets really confusing Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, we use the word love to say we love all kinds of things. Like we love fast food and we love sports and we love, you know, our family. And then, you know, we use this word without definition. But if God is love, then we have a definition of what love is. We have an example of what love really is. And we have guidelines and parameters for that and, and also what is not loving. And then it says um, in verse 9, this is how God shows his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Meaning God made the first move. This is how we know that it is love because he came after us. He pursued us first. It's not something that we did to earn the love. It's not because we climbed a ladder to God's love. Um, But instead, he made the first move and he came to us because we were stuck in our sin. There was nothing that we could do about it. And then in verse 18, he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And we started to unpack that in, in terms of what does that, that mean, almost like, you know, if, if you were to think about it, like physically being in a place, like you are in a place of love or you're in a place of fear, but you really can't be in both in the exact same moment. We shared that uh, really cool quote, or quote um, from Elizabeth Ross, um, who came up with um, the stages of grief, and she talks about how the two are actually opposites mm-hmm. of, of one another. And so um, the reason I want to, you know, take that as a framework and go back through them is because this is not about, like, just trying hard not to be afraid. You can just, like, control your emotion like that. You know, this isn't like a willpower thing. Um, there's something that has to be discovered first. There's connection that has to happen first, etc. cetera. Um, and so what's cool about this is, like, this is as close as you can get to, like, a, a you know, one-stop shop, a silver bullet, like, you know, the, the magic pill that just kind of solves all of it. Mm-hmm. I say solve you know helps us navigate it um is this is the only thing that we can look to to be like this meets all of our fears regardless of what our fear is and so when you go back through the order you know when you start with um a one and you talk about like the fear of being imperfect the fear of being messed up the fear of you know being broken or wrong well when you've placed your trust in christ you know or if you have or if you're considering that and you think about that the moment that that takes place like now you're seen as righteous. You're mm-hmm. seen as a new creation. You are not seen as broken. You are not messed up. You are not flawed because God looks at you and he sees what Jesus has already done for you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have a new identity in that. Now you're going to have to remind yourself of that. That doesn't mean like, oh, I'm never afraid again as a one. Uh, and there might be reasons why, you know, as you live life, you actually become more afraid and all that kind of stuff. But that is what you have to like now keep going back to to yeah. say like that meets my core fear. Um, I think the one two just needs to allow them to have grace for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what you do is not going to be perfect. What you think is not going to be perfect, but you need to remind yourself that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And when you allow yourself to have that grace for yourself, um, you give yourself some slack, um, to not hold yourself to a higher standard. Um, but the standard that God set for you and that you're fearfully and wonderfully made hundred percent. Yeah, it, it goes back to, I like what you brought up earlier, Matt, like the identity piece, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I love that. Um, then a helper, so a two, and then, you know, if you can add to anything about this, about how this has been helpful to you, um, but a helper is to say, you know, you're, you're afraid of being rejected or you're afraid of being unwanted. Well, God has literally moved heaven and earth to say, I want you, <laughs> to yeah. say, I want a relationship with you. Like, I've, I've done everything I can to remove every barrier and prove my love for you and a desire to be in a relationship with you. So in what way for you, like, would you say, like, knowing that is comforting, like inviting God in is, is comforting for you? 
Yeah, um, definitely I, I struggle with anxiety like every day. And knowing that like my core fear is so heavily involved in my life every single day, having that moment of just like breathing time or just like that time with God, even if it's just like praying before bed, talking to him, talking about what I went through today, talking about what I was scared of and just getting that reassurance or, you know, reading your Bible, like getting that reassurance that he made me to like strive and help people. And my fear of being alone should not allow me to stop the things that I love to do every day. Mm. And knowing that he is always there for me and that he, his love is like all that I need in life is so reassuring, even if I don't feel it all the time. Yeah. Just having that moment of just like taking a breather, pushing everything away and just spending that like, un, like undivided attention to God is so helpful. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that like what you just talked about is like getting at our fear at like the root, at like mm-hmm. the core. You know, there's some things we can do to try to manage it or ignore it, but like you do what you just talked about and over time like you're addressing the core, like the root of our fear. That's so cool. Um, the three, then the achiever for me, you know, so this is about the performer, this is about being successful. Um, for me, like realizing that one, my identity is not in my performance um, is like the most freeing thing. And to know like, we, we win in the end. Like, I know how this all ends. Like, I'm, I'm afraid of failing or messing up or what if I mess up somebody else's life or whatever. Well, like, I know at the end of the day, like, heaven is coming. I know Jesus has already won and my identity is in him. Um, but I'm so passionate about this as a three because it's just obviously the one I've done the most work with to, to say what's so wild about this is I actually perform better Uh, I work better uh, when I am, you know, rooted in where my identity really should be, which is like this fascinating thing, because when I'm like, you know, really self-centered and focused and like worried, like, what does everybody think of me? The anxiety becomes overwhelming, you know, and it's like, you know, works against, you know, I think about like message prep, for example, and speaking for 10 years now, and I still get nervous every single time I write and sit down and look at that blank screen. But when I'm worried about like, what do people think about me, or this is going to suck, or this is going to be boring? Well, that's just like a trapped place. But when I think about like, my identity is not in this message. My identity is in Christ. Like that's never going to change. Well, now it can be helpful to people. Now it's freeing. The anxiety lightens and, and it actually gets better. It's this really weird thing mm-hmm. about like when we find our identity in, in Christ, it actually like allows us to be who God created us to be. So um, that's a three, a four, the individualist, like, you know, thinking about, you know, afraid of being unique. Like God knows like your name specifically. He knows every single hair on your head. He individually created you. Um, you know, you're his son, you're his daughter. I think that's like incredible to think about, um, you know, how God individually knows you in this whole universe. Um, the five, like not having what it takes, you know, not being competent, you know, that fear. Well, God lives inside you. Like think mm-hmm. about his power, his wisdom. Like he walks with you every single day. Like you are able to be with him in every single moment. Um, One of the comforting ver- verses about that, and again, I'm not a five, but like Roman Romans 8, there's a verse that if, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. And I think that works perfect for a five because yeah. they're always strategic, you know, st- strategically trying to figure mm-hmm. things out and how are they bring what are they bringing into the world and how am I going to function successfully in this world? Um, and that Romans 8 verse of like, hey, if God is for you, yeah. if God really knows you by name, if God has a plan for your life, nothing in this world, no, no person, no situation can ever be against you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's so helpful for fives. Yeah. 
Yeah. The uh, sixth then, you know, in terms of safety, in terms of security, in terms of all the worst case scenarios, um, how would you say that God can really, or the gospel like really meets a six where they're at? I mean, it, why does it get at me? It's <laughs> totally like easier said than done for sure. It, you just have to like place your trust completely in God and I so firmly believe like everything happens for a reason God is working even when you can't see it and it's so easy to forget that when you're scared and when your mind is just overthinking constantly like this could happen this could happen this could happen but you have to remember like okay like I just have to like take a step back and just think like you know like everything's gonna be okay if it does happen like obviously there's a reason that God has put you through this and he'll definitely gets you out of it. Mm. And so that's something that it's not easy for sure. And I think for everyone, fear is, you know, it doesn't define you and you have to know that. And um, yeah, it's definitely easier just to be like, oh, like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's fine. I'll push it aside. And but you have to remember, like, you have to find the root of it. It's just like, where is this happening? And what can I do to like fix it and really just place my trust in God to know that I'm secure no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. And it's just finding that moment of like when you can connect with him and find that time to be with him and really build that trust so that you never feel like you're unsecure. Yeah. 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 The six is such an, I feel like we could like all kind of learn something from a six when it comes to like, what does it mean to trust God? Because you know, for you, you're thinking about these worst case scenarios and some of them may happen. Like it's not trusting that like all of the circumstances are going to be great. This is different than that. Emily talks about that. I've learned so much from her um, because I used to kind of use that phrase as like a comforting thing. Like God has a plan. She's like, well, what if his plan is like you die in a car accident Mm -hmm. tonight? Like that could happen. You know, she lost her mom young and she's like, that that's never been comforting for me from the perspective that there will be no like pain in my future. But him having a plan means it's starting to trust who he is, trusting his character, um, trusting that he does make good come out of bad situations, mm-hmm. trusting that heaven is real, that, hey, like this world was really never ne- meant to be perfect, um, but the culmination of everything we hope for is in heaven. Um, and ultimately, if I try to trust in myself and me controlling the world, well, I just, you don't have to live very long to know that you can't do that. So, yeah. you know, wh- what, how is that going to help you versus like trusting in who he is? So, um, super complicated, but it also is such a great distinction between it. It's not trusting that everything's always going to go exactly the way you wanted it. That's not what we're saying either. I definitely like feel a sick so hard because I am one that worries about absolutely everything on the face of the earth. And I'm actually really surprised that I'm not a six, <laughs> but I find comfort in knowing also that like, you know, knowing that everything's in God's hands and it is God's plan. Like I feel like someone some wise person once told me this and they said, you know, what if is not a, it is, Mm. it's not just because if, what if this happens? What if this happens? It's not a, Oh, this is happening. This, Mm. this is going to happen to you. You know, it's, you can find comfort in knowing that even though it is uncertainty, not everything that is a, what if will happen to you. Mm. Yeah. 
No, that's great. And it robs you the joy of like every right. moment too. You mm-hmm. know, I've just, I've been on the side of so many people, you know, who have experienced tragedy and some in my own life and just like the fearing the scenario didn't help prepare you for the scenario. Right, you know, yeah. it didn't like, oh, well, this was easier to lose this loved one because I imagined it so many times. It's oh, like, no. you know, yeah. when that moment comes, that moment comes and it's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the most painful circumstances as opposed to like enjoying the moments that you do have with those people and gratitude for those moments. And so there's so much in that. There's so much in that. Um, a seven, then the fear of, of missing out, um, you know, or the, uh, let's see, they have multiple, your under, underlying fear is pain. You fear not having options. You fear missing out on new experiences and people not getting to do all the things. There is so much uh, with the seven that's met in, you know, in terms of one, um, I, I love this concept that the more like we focus on eternity, like the more we're, we focus on where we're going, a seven can never do all the things they want to do in this lifetime or talk to all the people mm-hmm. or meet all the people, but they get to do that for the rest of eternity, Ever. you know? Yeah. I mean, heaven is a real thing, a, a real place, a physical place, like physical relationships um and part of that you know misses you know meets all that so think like you know god isn't a means to an end it's not like the more that i get to know god the more people i get to meet or whatever but like god is the end and even Mm -hmm. if i can't meet every person on the planet or not you know i can't have fun with every person on the planet (laughs) like a seven want to do like i have access to god in any moment you know, and so if I am locked down in isolation or whatever, like God is in this room with me, you know, and I still get to spend time with him and I'm not missing out on anything um, when I'm with him and in his presence in that moment. Um, and then an eight, Matt, mm-hmm. if you want to talk to us about how God yeah. meets that. The God, God meets that uh, through the gospel in our stillness. Um, mm-hmm. So when we, our lives are usually chaotic, we like to pack our schedules as, as much as we possibly can. And so when we have opportunities to be still, um, God meets us in those moments and he becomes very more real. His words become more real um, to us. And so really good example of this is about two months ago, we were in this, you know, online season trying to, you know, make things happen. And I'm leading a team of about 12, 13 people. And I go to Jordan and I say, I need a break. <laughs> like I, I need a rest. Like I feel chaotic and I feel like I, I don't have that control right now. Um, and, and you were so gracious giving me like a weekend vacation and I tried to do a tech free weekend. So after this podcast, I highly suggest do tech free for a little bit, <laughs> for a little while and I go down to the beach by myself because I just want to hear from God and I want to hear what he has for me um and I and I go tech free and I in that moment I I feel closer to God I feel my fears start to alleviate I feel like I can trust in him he is my puppeteer he is the one leading me um in this moment and and really the the high level of that is just like it's really just need, need to let God be the leader in their life we all have this itch to be um the leader in charge having everything done um and have having a, a plan for our own lives. And so the closer we can get to God, the more we can actually realize that he's the one leading our lives and he's the one um, who has good things for us. And so last thing I'll kind of say about that, this might dive a little bit away from the Enneagram, but I want to talk specifically to the dudes who are listening right now. Um, during that beach trip, I read a book called Fathered by God by John Eldridge. Um, and it talks about the stages of manhood, boyhood, becoming a man, um, and how God leads us in each of those stages. And so um, if you want to talk more about the book, we can talk more outside the podcast, but I highly suggest guys, um, if you are searching for how God could be the leader in your life, Fathered by God by John Eldridge is a fantastic book. Um, and I read that entire book, um, uh, in like eight hours yeah. <laughs> on the beach and it was awesome. And yeah. so I highly suggest that. There are so many things in that almost that are like countercultural right now. I think yeah. that's why it like speaks so much about like what a, a guy, what a man needs. I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, I, you know, another a mentor in my life is an eight as well. And I thought it was a unique perspective that an eight would bring to say, you know, so, so often we're kind of self-centered and focused in this whole conversation of like, how does God meet my fears or my needs and all that with an eight who feels a lot of protection over the, mm-hmm. you know, kind of their core circle, maybe not the whole planet, but like, you know, your people or your family. Um, you know, he talked to me about how part of the trusting God process is trusting that like God is, is over, you know, looking those other people as mm-hmm. well. Um, again, that doesn't mean like always their permanent safety and stuff, but you know, the plan for their life and their eternity and all those things. So part of an eight trusting God is, is not just for their own life, but for those that they care about too. Absolutely. And that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, and then the nine, you know, finally, uh, the, you know, the fear of being separated from others, you know, from loss, from tension, that kind of thing. Um, they're called the pure peacemaker. What they so desire is, is peace. And, and Jesus is literally called the prince of peace. Like, you know, the, the only thing that is going to bring, like, true peace, both in this life and in the next, um, is him, is a relationship with our Heavenly Father um, in those truly still moments and those truly, like, I'm giving up all of these fears and anxieties um, to you. And so he is quite literally the only thing that could um, bring the peace that, that a nine uh, is looking for. So I just think it's so interesting because if we're just like, hey, trust God. Well, that means something really different based on like what fear looks like for Mm -hmm. you. And hopefully that helps, you know, unpack and kind of clarify that a little bit further. Um, Anything that you guys would say, I think we're probably, you know, real close to the end of our time here, but anything just from a practical perspective um, that we didn't hit that helps you, you know, focus on these things are true, that helps you navigate your fears, you know, perhaps helps you, you know, stay connected to Christ or become, you know, more aware about or curious of um, some of our own fears. I was just going to say, like, finding those people in those moments that you find, like, safety and security and you find, like, you can really trust in God with people or in a certain situation. Like, I know for me at Camp 75, every fear is gone that you could ever think of. Like, I know for a lot of people, I mean, it might be very different because some people, their fear is being around groups of people like that or they're not comfortable. But for me, where you just fear, like, situations that could happen and you feel the worst whenever you're at inside out or at camp 75 or boot camp it's so hard to find those moments of wow this could go wrong because you feel god so heavily and it's also just about finding those people that will sit down and read the bible with you or a small group that you can just trust so much and be like hey like this is going on and they'll just help you until you feel 100 percent better and obviously things are meant to do on your own like finding the root of your um, fear, but people can help you. And I really have found that my small group and people just at North Point have helped me just grow. I'm a complete different person from every experience, um, just being at North Point. And I really think that being with God and finding that trust and finding those people in those places can hundred percent help you. I love that you said that, and I love the perspective that you had as a good reminder for me, probably for you too, um, that, that students feel that at Camp yep. 75. Because for me, um, I would say I feel anything but fearless at Camp 75, being responsible for 500 <laughs> students. Um, there's a lot of things that could go wrong in my head. Uh, while she was scenario. talking, while yeah. she was talking, I was thinking of like 500 things. Yeah. Like last yeah. time where I was, I like, was like, oh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm, good. Glad I'm glad y'all feel that way. <laughs> but yeah. that's what we hope uh, for. I love that. That's awesome. That's cool. um, 
something I'll add to uh, just like any advice is um, a lot of times when fear creeps into our lives. So whatever Enneagram you are, one through nine, um, when fear creeps into our lives, um, it's easy to not quote unquote feel God. I know that's a loose term, but it's easy to not feel connected with God in that moment. And so when someone says, you know, uh, if I'm meeting on the other side of anybody, a student, you know, adult, and they're like, man, all these things are going on in the world, culture, society. Um, I'm seeing a lot of things. I'm fearful right now. And I just can't feel God right now. I just can't feel him. I can't see him working in my life. My number one response to that is like, hey, have you spent time with him? Do you know, do you know he wants to be connected with you? Do you know he wants to drive out your fear? Like John, like first John, um, perfect love drives out fear. Like that's what he wants to do in our lives. And that's how the gospel meets us. Um, and so uh, like for, for an eight, that's so helpful to me because like when I can be still and know that God has the best for me to know that he wants to take away my fear to know that Jesus on the cross um, literally took away all, every disconnection I could ever have with God. Um, that is what is most helpful for me. And I think that just is a people thing, especially in today's culture, especially, um, the things that the world kind of provides for us. Um, it's scary and it's okay to be scared of those things. And, um, naturally it's our instinct, especially for students to say, well, I can't see God working right now. Um, and I just think that is the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and I just think the more time we know him, the more time we spend with him, um, the better it actually goes. Yeah, I think, um, were you about to say something? Right. You can go ahead. Okay. It's totally okay. <laughs> no, 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 you go first, and then I'll, I'll just, I'll wrap us here. Okay, um, I have two things. So I have noticed, like, especially since, um, like, being in quarantine and everything, like, doing, this sounds absolutely terrifying, but doing the thing that you are most afraid of is going to, like, open this, like, door to, like, who you are and, like, why you're afraid of it and, like, Doing your core fear, like Jordan said, like you get scared every single time before you do a message, mm -hmm. but you still do it. Mm -hmm. So you face that fear every single time that you go on, and that makes you a stronger person. Mm -hmm. So like doing what is scaring you the most in life is like, I feel like so crucial to finding out who you are. And also I think well, this could work with like literally any Enneagram type and like not letting that fear control you is so important and I think that being able to like get involved with your community or like being able to like even if it's just like like if you are just not a church person whatsoever find the thing that makes you the most happiest you know like and like evaluate why that makes you so happy and like be able to like spread that with people because that will make your fears less scary and it like will help develop who you are as a person and help spread like what others think of you as like a person you know and um I think that's so important in this time right now especially just like doing what makes you the happiest even if it's not what you had planned it to be and just being like grateful for that like God is giving you this opportunity to find out who you are and to like find out what's making you happy due to the type of person that you are oh yeah yeah, I feel like what, you know, you're speaking to is what you brought up, like that connection, you know, the, the couple of things are on mine. And I really think if you're listening to this, probably just choose one of these, because I know we just threw out a whole bunch of things you could go <laughs> do and try. So, you know, and try all eight of the things we're suggesting or whatever. But um, to me, there's there's a direct correlation with connection. And I think that's what mm -hmm. you're saying, you know, and that's what you were talking about. Um, and, and to pay attention to what you are connected to, because if you just notice, like, man, when I get off of, you know, Instagram for, you know, an hour, or, you know, whatever I was just on, like, do I feel 
like, you know, more afraid now that I just like saw all these kind of worst case scenarios or do I feel less afraid, you know, versus like when I'm hanging out with people or hanging out with my small group or whatever. I think that's so interesting to say, like, what are we connected to? Um, and I think, I, you know, I'm in full agreement with you, Matt, the more you're connected to your heavenly father, uh, the smaller you're going to see that, that fear go. And I think the other, I would just encourage people, I think the younger you start this kind of habit, the, the more it will benefit you in the long run. And I'm talking, you know, it's probably going to culminate a little bit later in life for most people this, listening to this, but developing a habit of curiosity um, is something that is so interesting. It's just curious about why I am afraid of the things that, that I am, um, because it's probably rooted in some things deeper than, than we really think about or realize. There's, you know, things from our childhood, there's things that have happened to us, there's circumstances that we've been in. Um, and to some degree, like we're in that, you know, if you're in middle school or your high school and you're listening to this, well, you're in that right now. Um, but I think that the older you get and the more mature you get, the more you, you will look back at and be like, you know, what, what are the things that have influenced that? And I think that's going to be a rest of your life thing, but it's just, good to know that there are some core causes behind these things that we fear and um, that we can invite God in, into all those and be curious about all those. So I know we covered a, a ton of stuff on this podcast here today, basically everybody's core fears of life and how to meet all those. So <laughs> hopefully something in there uh, was was helpful to people listening. It's a really cool conversation. Alex Shelby, thank you guys for jumping on today. Thank Matt, you. you too. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, we uh, will see you guys uh, next time for, for the next edition of this podcast.